0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Hi, I'm Helen. And I'm Sarah. And this is the Squiggly Careers Podcast, a weekly show where we dive into the ups, downs, ins and outs of work and give you some ideas for action, some tools to try out to give you a bit more confidence and control over your career.
0: And this week, we're talking about how to escape or overcome, or maybe even avoid, best case scenario, what we're describing as the and overload. I always think with these podcasts, you get a lovely sense into Helen and I's working week and what's going on and what we need some help with. So, what is the and overload? This is phrase that we've coined. This is the idea that often now in our squiggly careers and the jobs that we do, we're trying to balance two things that can often feel like they create a bit of tension or conflict but they are both things that are important. And we do want to be able to do both. We sort of just need to find a way to make it happen. So a few examples of what can create the and overload. Being strategic and focusing on what you're trying to do day to day. Thinking long-term and short-term. Thinking and doing. Focusing on people and performance. Investing in your career for the future and developing the skills you need today. Managing senior stakeholders and everyone else, understanding internal dynamics and what's happening in the external environment. So those ands are often, I think, connected in some way and often like one helps you to achieve the other, but there's often a bit of a sense of, well, one ends up feeling like it gets prioritized more consistently than the other so Helen talk to us about your and overloads right now I
1: feel overwhelmed just listening to it I'm like oh all of them she's already got her head in her hands everybody so uh let's see let's see how this podcast goes (laughs) do you know what I was thinking as well I've got a new one to add to the list like being present and getting my job done you know like you're like I really want to be here and listen to the thing that the person's talking about but also my head is in 101 places yeah but that's a really common one like but I know I want to be present because I really care about this (laughs) sounds like you want to listen to me but you're Actually, not going to. Is I what want you're to record me. this podcast and I also have so many different things I need to do. But yeah, some of mine that come up very regularly for me are I want to make progress on my to do list and I want to help the team to progress their to do list too. I definitely feel that sort of conflict in my days. Another one that I definitely feel in my working week is I want to help other people to learn. And I need to take the time to learn for myself too. And that often feels like quite a conflict in terms of how I manage my time at the moment. So a few examples
0: from me, some slightly different ones. Getting it done and getting it right. (laughs) For anyone who listens to the When Good Enough is Great podcast, you would have heard me talking about that dilemma in quite a lot of detail. Growing our business in the short term and the long term. And then another one is delivering on our day-to-day and having the space to develop new ideas together. So that's sort of Helen and I having the space almost away from the day-to-day and also doing the day-to-day. So how do we make both of those things happen? And so one of the things that we think here we're aiming for is what we're describing as moving from the and overload to and agility because we think you can't ignore the usefulness of developing and agility as a skill. It means you're more flexible, more adaptable, more resilient, probably more employable, to be honest. So it feels unrealistic here to sort of say, well, what we're gonna try and do in this podcast is solve that tension. We're not sort of gonna try and take away one of those tensions, but I think it's about recognizing that how these tensions can make us feel. And that also, they often mean that we run the risk of feeling like we're doing nothing very well. Mm. So you just feel like you're sort of failing on all counts rather than sort of succeeding on any. And I think this is actually a real source of stress that most of us recognise. Like when you're not feeling very good about the progress you're making in your role and just feeling kind of concerned that you're like, I don't feel like I'm doing the things I need to be doing. So I suspect as you were listening to us talk about them then and those examples this will feel very familiar I think to everyone because who doesn't have some ands that you need to try and manage who isn't trying to do short and long-term thinking who isn't trying to develop their skills they need today and think about their career for the future we're all trying to do those things so I think it's a really important skill for us to start thinking about what does this mean for me at the moment in the role that I'm doing and then what does it look like to sort of have the agility rather than the overload the nirvana yeah yeah
1: And so we've got six ideas for action to help you to move from and overload to and agility. And the first one is to own your ands. We've shared some of ours, we've shared some other ones that we see frequently when we're talking to other people, but you really need to find your own and because that's the one that you want to work on. So for example, if I was to prioritise an and that I want to go from overload to agility on, it will probably be that one about the to-do list. So getting my work done and helping the team to do theirs. So work out which one really matters to you and then think about what's the pull So you've got those two things that are almost competing with each other at the moment. So the pull for me is definitely more the team, like working on the team's to-do list. That's definitely where the pull is at the moment. And then what's the problem? And I think that part of the problem for me is we are a small team. We are a highly reactive team. Quite a lot of the team's actions today are probably too dependent on me. So it helps me to almost see some of the things that are contributing to the overload that I might need to address if I want to move towards agility. So Sarah, for example, which one would matter to you and what's the pull and what's the problem? Well, if I
0: think about uh, delivering on the day-to-day in our business and having the space to sort of create the future, I almost think from the way you've described it in terms of what's the pull, I'm like, which one is winning? Because I often (laughs) feel like there's one of these here that's winning. And at the moment, I would say so far this year, delivering on the day to day is winning way more than having the space to develop new ideas together. And so I go, okay, I get what's winning and sort of the recalibration almost that I'm sort of trying to do. And I think when you then articulate, what's the problem that really helps you to get the motivation to actually do something differently. Cause I think, well, my motivation for us to find space to develop new ideas together is, well, that's how we will grow that's how we're going to develop in different directions that's often when we are better because mm. our brains are together and we will spot things and come up with things that i just know i wouldn't do by myself and actually when i look at our track record of the things that i'm most proud of where we've had the most positive impact it's always from having the space to develop new ideas now you need the balance of course you do i'm not saying you then go well you want the other one to win mm. but it, it just helps by articulating the pull and the problem i think to go okay, I'm really clear on where I am today and sort of what the current state is and why that's not sustainable, why I just don't want to sort of just accept the current sort of state of affairs. So idea for action two is reframing from frustration to a positive future state. So we were chatting about this quite a lot today and the word frustration comes up a lot. I think that really sort of articulates sort of how these and overloads make you feel. You just get feel really frustrated and like, the tension makes you feel really tense. If you were to put it into a sound, what would that sound oh. be? Ah. Yeah. <laughs> we both found that very easy to do. It was actually quite therapeutic. It was quite that. Maybe just do that. That was the end of the podcast. Uh, so, yeah, that sort of, oh. And also the body language. We both sort of, like, curled up into little tense balls because we're sitting next to each other today. So instead of doing that, curling up into a ball, making a weird sound and being all frustrated... I found it helpful to imagine that I was selling the skill that I want to have in a future interview. And like, what would that really practically sound like? So for me, if I was thinking about the difference between managing that balance of, you know, when done is better than perfect and continual improvement, it might sound like one of the things that I'm most proud of over the past year is my ability to balance knowing when done is better than perfect with making sure we spot and make happen, continual improvement. Now that isn't always true today. This positive future state probably isn't true today. Otherwise you wouldn't be having that <laughs> tense moment and making that sound. But I felt really good then
1: actually saying that out loud, much better than that sound that we just made. So what, what would yours sound like? Uh, it would sound like one of the things that I do well as a CEO of Amazing If is balancing, helping the team to do their job with making progress on my priorities
0: yeah how does that feel i want it to be true <laughs> <laughs> please make that happen make it possible please we've found that just quite useful and obviously you're visioning you're doing a bit of imagining but this helps you to sort of get a feel for i think what success looks and feels like and just to get you that sense of moving from frustration because obviously you're not usually feeling that good about these things just starting to go okay
1: i want that thing like hello saying like, okay how do i make that happen I think the risk is, you know, if you don't go on to some of the things we're going to talk about, I think the risk is sometimes that you think I've got to leave this job. Like, if you don't take control of the ands, I think that this frustration becomes so significant that you think, and I don't want to do this job because of it. Whereas actually, I think there is quite a lot that you can do to take control of this situation. But I kind of go, if I don't take control of it, then this conflict is so uncomfortable that I don't want to continue in this job. And I think I've probably have felt some of those conflicts before. I think this isn't manageable or I can't do it because I haven't tried to reduce the and overload in a really sort of confident way. And I think the other thing I have sometimes do, and still do now, is make a choice.
0: So, you know, we were saying, actually, there's real benefit in these ands, where I think sometimes I'm maybe almost give myself an excuse and go oh well I'm better at thinking than I am doing or I'm better at being more long term or I'm really good at making sure that we continually improve and that things are really great quality oh so that's the value that I add so I'll sort of let go of the other thing but I think if you do that you limit your learning and your potential and also you're not responding to what your role and your job Absolutely. needs so I think you're limiting your performance so if I just said to you oh yeah I'm sort of going to opt out of the doing thanks I mean sure <laughs> at times I could definitely take that but you're like actually that's just not a it's not reflective of your role and I think at times I've actually pushed back and almost thought well maybe I could just not do the other bit but I can't now think of
1: a role where you, you can't just choose to do yeah. it yeah and you're kind of letting the team down, I think, if that's the approach, because that work still needs to get done. So you're just saying, well, I'm just not going to do it. Like yeah. So the third idea for action is to understand when are your ands most likely to go into Overload, Because if we can really focus on those moments and meetings in your week, when this becomes most difficult for you, then the things that we do differently are going to have the biggest impact. So if I think of mine, if I go back to one of my and overloads is this thing about, you know, helping the team to do their work as well as having the ability to sort of make progress on my own priorities, that kind of thing that I'm struggling with. That, I think, feels most significant for me at the end of a day so I'll be thinking oh it's five o'clock I've got an hour before I need to go be with my kids and that's when I'm going to get my stuff done and then what happens to me is I get really overloaded in that moment because it is when lots of people are going oh Helen's suddenly out of meetings, I can suddenly get in touch with Helen or I've been in meetings all day too. I need to share these thoughts with Helen. And so it's these moments when in my mind, I'm like, that's when I'm going to prioritise my things that I want to make progress on. And all that happens is that I, that time gets taken over by other people. So that's my biggest sort of moments of and overload. What about you? Well, you described it to me as like,
0: oh, I see that sort of hour or 90 minutes is like my space to make stuff happen you know to sort of make positive progress and then you sort of went and then that never happens and I was like oh that's so interesting that you go I just if other people don't necessarily know that and like you said it's often the time where lots of other people have space and then you've got all those interdependencies so then you just sort of end up going back to that pull of one side of the and and not actually feeling good about the other side mine's really different because I think when you were talking about it and we were sort of practicing before the podcast and going do these things all work yours were quite time specific and almost day specific you were like oh I can really point to the moments in my week where and overload sort of really happens whereas for me I was like I often can't anticipate them so if I think about when I maybe get frustrated in terms of done is better than perfect versus the kind of continual improvement one it's often when maybe I see lots of things that we're doing as a team that you know, we've had to make progress on, but I'm like, oh, I think they could be better. I can spot lots of opportunities to make those things better. And maybe there's sort of often like an unintentional kind of cascade of those things. Oh, I spot maybe a presentation we've done, could just have like a typo in. Or maybe I spot a LinkedIn post that we've done. I think, oh, that's not, we've not quite positioned that quite right. Or we're, I see a video that we're creating for clients and think, oh, that's not quite right. And so for me, I'm like, it sort of goes, they all add up to then going, oh, I hadn't expected it. And it's very often, very ad hoc. And then it all just sort of comes my way. And then I really see how it affects how I feel. So I often don't know, like you were sort of going, I can almost anticipate when I'm going to feel frustrated. Mm. I don't know. I can actually be having a really good day and feeling like I'm like, oh, I'm on top of it. Everything's going quite well. I'm living in the land of and, and mm. doing well. <laughs> um, the land of and. The land of and. <laughs> And then suddenly, within like two hours, I'm like, oh, this is a disaster. And I feel loads of pull and start to feel loads of frustration and just be like, oh, we're not managing the ends in the right way. I'm not managing the hands in the right way. So for me, it's often more of a surprise. But then it definitely has a really significant impact on how I end up
1: feeling at the end of that day or at the end of that week. It's almost like mine is almost easier to plan for in some ways because Mm. I could look at my week next week and I could think, (laughs) okay, when are those spots where this is most likely to happen? Because mine can happen in meetings too sometimes. You know, I get my ands when suddenly I'm taking loads of actions away. Like a team meeting, I'm like, okay, so I need to do this and this and this and this to help you. So I'm almost like, oh, that's a meeting where I know those challenges are going to come my way. You can't look at your week next week and go, oh, I know that's when it's going to happen. But what you do know is if you get two or three within a short period of time that's going to be the problem for you.
0: Yeah, and actually it happened last week. I think (laughs) because I often then share them with you because I'm like, ah, you know, I'll go back to making the weird noises again. (laughs) Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing... So, idea for action number four is about accumulating your ands. And you might think this is the last thing I want to do because I don't want to accumulate more ands. But this is really about making a tally of your and overload as you go through a week. So, almost just trying to get a real sense of how much do you feel like that kind of pull of the and in one direction or the other, how often is that tension sort of creeping in? Because I think it feels so acute when the and overload happens, it can end up like really taking over your week. And if you're anything like me, I, like, I'm a thinker and I really remember it and I really reflect on it. And so sometimes your tally might end up challenging how you're feeling. So I might have had one hour of a week where I really felt that pull towards, oh, we're making progress too fast on things and we're not doing enough continual improvement. But maybe it was just an hour on a Tuesday afternoon. And so challenging your sense of reality can actually be really useful because you're like, okay, well, I get that that is frustrating and I want to think about how I manage that and overload in a different way, but it is one hour in the context of a week. Or, and this definitely can happen, your tally might reinforce how you're feeling, but that is still useful because you've turned that feeling into a fact. So, you know, often as well, we sort of second guess ourselves. So Helen might be like, oh, I feel like I'm spending time on other people's to-do lists and not my own to-do lists. And it's like, that is a feeling. And then if I was chatting to Helen, I'd be like, okay, well, how often is that happening? And if Helen was like, okay, well, I've been doing a bit of a tally, that seems to happen to me every day at some moment in a day. And do you know what? On a Monday, it happens five times in a day. You go, okay, well, at least I've got something to work with. Mm. At least I understand, you know, like sizing the problem, mm. sizing and scaling the problem. Because I think actually you often underestimate the size of a problem because you move on so quickly and you move on with pace and also you have an attitude of like okay well I've just got to get it done I'm sort of not going to fix the problem because I sort of haven't got time to fix the problem <laughs> I'm just going to like keep going and keep going and I think I overestimate the problem because I sort of feel it quite keenly and so I think you and I for me it would almost challenge my feelings and be like okay Sarah like let it go a bit have a bit of perspective and I for you I wonder whether it would Push slash give you a nice nudge to think. Do you know what this actually is creating a real tension in my week? I really need to choose to do something about this.
1: Yeah, I think you know it's just all in your head, and you really you're not able to size it because it is just a feeling. So I I would literally go through my days and be like, on Monday, which one won? (laughs) Like the team's to dos or my progress on my projects? And on Tuesday, and also if I was going to talk this with anybody else, I feel like I would need that data. I wouldn't just be like oh Sarah I feel like I'm just never getting anything done that's not that useful feels like you're
0: complaining or whinging to
1: me about it and and it might be reflective of how I'm feeling so I'm not trying to sort of undermine how you might be feeling about this situation but it does make it a lot harder for someone to help you because what I could say to Sarah is over the last week four of my five days I spent more time helping other people to move Their things forward than I did on my own. And that doesn't feel like the right balance for me. Because the right balance is probably 50 50, you know, really? That's probably the right balance. But I sort of need that data so I can do something different. And for as long as it's a feeling, it's just it's very hard for someone to really help me.
0: Yeah, and I guess with whatever and you're grappling with, your aspiration probably is 50 50, unlikely to be in a day, Mm. I would argue. Maybe even sometimes unlikely to be in a week. But if you feel like you're never getting towards 50 50 then that and overload is essentially continuing so again I think even you that great question that you just asked there like which one won today mm-hmm. I think that's probably what I would do which one was the winner Yep. Yeah. oh it was the done is better than perfect oh no it's continual improvement and maybe I would do it because mine is more ad hoc I think mine might take more like a month to really get a feel for okay what's happening I think honestly think if you did it for a week you'd be like okay this is quite frequently this
1: feeling is definitely a factual problem yeah (laughs) the fifth idea for action is called and conversation starters so a lot of this so far has been you reflecting on the and overload and you reflecting on one of those moments that that really feels like it's becoming a bit of a problem for you But in order to change that, so to move towards and agility, it's likely there are people who are working with you that will be able to help you. So you need to be able to talk to them so that they are able to support you with this stuff. So it's sort of like the who's and what's that are going to help you to have the agility. That's the thing that we're trying to work with here. And we thought it might be useful to have almost like a a mini script to start this conversation off because it might be the first time you've even heard of this idea of the and overload. And so a script might make you a bit more comfortable about having this conversation with somebody. So the script goes, to do my job well, I need to balance dot, dot, dot. I find it difficult when, dot, dot, dot. One thing that would help me is, how would that work for you? Because we don't want this to feel like a confrontation. We definitely want to feel like it's a conversation. So if I put that into sort of practice with my example of the and overload that I'm experiencing, it would sound like, to do my job well, I need to balance helping the team to move forward their to-dos with the projects that I need to progress. I find it difficult when I create space for me to move my projects forward And that space is compromised by the conversations that other people want to have with me. One thing that would help me is to have time protected in my diary when people know that I'm using that for a project that's important for me. How would that work for you if I put that time in my diary within a week? just as an example of what that conversation starts as an example (laughs) do you want some
0: live feedback on that (laughs) (laughs) hella's like i'm just going to subtly say this to sarah right now and i just think if you had you know sometimes i think we make assumptions that other people are experiencing our working week in Mm. the way that we are Mm. and so often we've just not said these things out loud to other people and sometimes the actions, I just think, are deceptively simple, but then have such a significant impact. So if you said to me, I would sort of want to know, what are you naming that time in your diary? Mm. So if you were like, space for priority projects, and literally it was called that, whatever you want to call it, and you just said to me, just always worth looking to see, like, if I'm doing that, and if I'm doing that, it's because I need to sort of make some progress on stuff. I would probably then have a quick sense check of, we WhatsApp each other quite a lot. And often towards the end of the day, which is probably that time when you're trying to make your progress. I would probably then think, I'm just going to look in a diary quickly and just see if she's earmarked any of that time. And if she has, I'll wait an hour, an hour and a half. Then I'll still WhatsApp you, obviously. Our business is essentially run through those messages. But almost by me delaying, that might then really unlock the and overload for you. And it might only just be a delay or it might be a me saying to you, well, actually, is there a time during a week when we can catch up? and create that time together, where we are, I don't know, discussing what we're working on together, or
1: whatever it might be. Just in articulating it there, I do think there is a bit of a I and a we. I don't think you can just make this all about other people. Like I could just be like, oh, I'm gonna say to the team- It's all Sarah's fault. It's all Sarah's <laughs> fault, or it's all the messages from people all the time, because obviously people have got their own agendas too, and their yeah, own yeah. things they're trying to deal with, and their own things they want to progress. So I do think there is a, I could literally just not look at my phone, I could close some things down because the assumption I'm making is that I need to respond to everything quickly and that might actually not be true. So I do, when you're going through these, like one thing that would help me is, uh, maybe there's also one thing that I could do to help myself, you know, just make sure it's not all like, you need to stop doing this or it'd be better for me if you did. I think like one thing I'm planning to do is, and one thing that would help me from you is, you know, a bit of both? Maybe
0: there's one thing that I'm going to do to help myself is, Mm. and one thing that, would really help me is if you could. You know, yeah. like so it's sort of a it starts with you. You know, the whole your commitment creates commitment. So if I heard you say to me, Oh, do you know what I'm gonna do between these times when I'm creating this sort of space for priority projects, I'm always gonna turn off Teams, emails, notifications. And I would be like, Okay, let me observe that. <laughs> yeah, because I would love it. I would love you to would see love Helen it. turn off all of her tech. <laughs> you might be like, I'm gonna also turn off my tech. So that's my that's the commitment that you're making. Yeah. And then it would also really help me if during that time, actually, you don't help me to resist that temptation. You know, almost like help me to help when myself.
1: I'm, I'd be like, I'm going to do this in my diary. And during those times, that would be when I'm turn off my tech. And I'd be like, I would know. You're like, you'd be like, why has she not responded to me? And then you might look in my diary and be like, oh, it's progress priorities time for her. I get that now. And you'd also know mm. when it ended. It's not forever. It's like an hour. Yeah. It's, yeah, but yeah. It's, so it's, but I do think, yeah, starting with what you could do and then asking for other people's support. I think that's fair.
0: Yeah. And with some of mine i also think there's a difference between what you can do in the short term and sometimes some things are a bit more medium term so when i think about us creating space together to sort of think about strategically where do we want to go with our company versus delivering on our day-to-day i can't just unpick loads of the day-to-day right now like this week or next week but what i can do is go okay i recognize that the day-to-day is winning too much at the moment So what might I do in the medium term that's going to help us to create a space and have that and more equal in the future? And I also think that's often something that I then find really motivating. I can sort of cope with one of the ands winning now if I know
1: that the other one's going to win in a bit. You know, sort of that like juggling act of like, that's okay. What would that and conversation starter sound like if you were talking to me about that kind of and overload? So I would say... uh, To do my job well, I need
0: to balance delivering for our company every day and growing our company for the next 10 years. I find it difficult when we have so much in the diary, there is no time for us to be together, to talk about things or come up with ideas. One thing I'm gonna do that would help me to help myself is I find it useful to have some time by myself thinking about those ideas before we're together. So I'm going to plan those in for at least every other week, knowing that I've got a two-hour window for that sort of strategic thinking, ideas and creating. And that's something I've done before, but has disappeared. And one thing that we could do together, I think, is always knowing that every two months we've got at least one day where we're together actually in the same room. Because I do find when we're together physically, we can do it virtually. But I think we are even better when we're together in a room. So let's plan that now for the next 18 months. Because also we often don't look that far ahead. I'm sort of much more future orientated than you are. But I'm really happy to make that happen. But then if you then take that time back for workshops or other things, you sort of go back to square one again. How would that work for you?
1: I would look forward to those days. Can we <laughs> Lovely. Can we do it in different places with nice food? That would be even better for me. Of course. <laughs> do you know, I think that could work really well as a team discussion Mm. like if you just in a team meeting and you just went people partner with each other even if the person they're talking to might not be sort of like the and enabler in that situation I still think you'd feel more comfortable and confident about having that conversation with somebody if you just practiced it
0: well it's sort of that point is you know you're trying to I feel there through just those examples I already feel like you've taken more control over something that often feels out of your control you've started to take some action make some choices say some stuff out loud rather than just letting it sort of overwhelm you and make the weird noise again (laughs) and so final idea for action uh, we're calling and empathizers. so I hope this doesn't sound too harsh but I I do think you harsh me uh, well I think this is hard for you and feels really hard for you but very rarely unique to you And so surrounding yourself and spending time with some informal mentors who can share their tactics for how they've overcome that and overload, or sometimes just having a chat that's going to make you feel better and give yourself a break that you are not alone, I think are really important. So when I was reflecting on when my and overloads have felt the hardest, and to your point, whether either I felt like I should completely compromise on one or basically just get myself a new job. It was some of the and empathizers. And these are not just sort of any mentors. These are definitely people who've sort of, you know, they really get it. They've been where you are or they are where you are, but they're in a different organization or a different industry. And so as soon as you describe the, well, I'm spending more time on everybody else's to-do list than I am my own to-do list, they just go, oh yeah, like completely get it. I've been there or I'm still there, but here's what's helped me. I think that's sometimes just what you need to hear. And we use the word tactics very deliberately because often I don't think these are like big strategic changes in self-awareness or your personality. These are like the hacks Mm. that people have got used to in terms of, right, this is how I make my working week work. Because if I don't, I will only do the short term. I'll never do the long term or this is how I make my time for my learning and development both in the now and for where I'd like to go in the future because if I don't do those things I know I'm going to get not get promoted or I'm not going to progress and you know nobody has sort of a complete answer but people are usually very prepared to share like oh this is what has worked well for me in case that might be helpful for you and you're also
1: probably doing some things you're not giving yourself credit for that you can share with other people too. So, Sarah, if you had lots of and agility instead of and overload yes. with the things that we have talked about today, what would that sound like? What noise would you make then? Woohoo! Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> Add these sounds into your, into your bank, everybody. Like, what would this feel like? What would it sound like? I think, yeah, you, you would probably make a very different sound at the end of a week if you'd got and agility rather than the and overload that you might end the week with. Yeah, I think I would feel calm and collected. I would look forward to the next week as well. Yes. Because actually balancing, I think the balance is often where a lot of the energy is right yeah. like you I enjoy won. the balance yeah I enjoy the balance it's just sometimes it doesn't feel possible but I think if you go through the ideas for action we shared today I think that you you probably have a lot more control over this than it might feel like when you are in the middle of that and overload and so what we will do on the pod sheet we will summarise all those different ideas for action for you so they are easy to refer to maybe you could use that as a bit of a topic in your team meeting like you could share it with people and get it to have people have a look at it and then maybe have some time in the team meeting for people to talk about it the links for our pod sheets are always on the show notes that's easiest to find on apple but if you're not on apple or you just want to get to it a different way go to our website which is amazingif.com. on the podcast page you can just find this podcast episode click on that and then you'll see all the other resources the the pod note the pod sheet and you'll also find details to join pod plus which is where we talk about this on a thursday so thank you so
0: much for listening we do hope this has been useful for your and overload and we'll be back with you again soon bye for now bye everyone
1: only from rustolium